You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey, hey, welcome to a new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Trilificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. As always, you guys, quick reminder, you can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. Please remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you are live tweeting or posting about the show. Also, if you can do me a huge favor and use the hashtag PodsByQPOC also when you're tweeting about the show or posting, that way people can find other shows and this show that are hosted by queer people of color. Send in any correspondence or mail, letters, show topic ideas, stories, whatever it is, send it over to GaySideStories at gmail.com. And now let's start the show. I'm here with my brother in podcasting on the show again. Solo this time, I have Jeremy of the infamous Crown and Collards and the hilariously offensive Ratchet Ramblings. What's up? Welcome back to the show. What's up, my brother and friend? Thank you for having me. It's glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah, this is this is a, a welcoming space. I haven't had too many cis head people, especially not cis head niggas, but well, yeah. I mean, we all the ghetto, so you know, not even what's worse than the ghetto? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the ghetto sausage, <laughs> the demon uh, dicks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Y'all are fuck terrible, but anyway. <laughs> We have to appreciate the good ones like you that have come because you weren't always the way you are. But ooh, child, ooh, ooh. thank goodness for growth. Gro- listen, listen. He he is a healer. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would call you healed, but you have grown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I go so far. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Because sometimes <laughs> I'd be like, what's this fool on? But anyway. You got way too many enemies on Twitter to be talking about you healed. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> Listen, These I, pending lawsuits you have. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Anyway. Ooh, this is why we friends, because you get up my nerves. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know what? I'm actually glad that we're starting the show off on a lighter note, because this is probably going to be a little bit of a... Actually, it's not probably. It's going to be a heavier show. But before we get into all that, let's start off with the queer query. Question. So, first question. What is your number one cookout jam? Because I know you are an uncle... You probably got some some uh, cookout sandals. So <laughs> let do, the people know one. what's your number one cookout jam. Um, whoo, number one. That's hard um, because because again, we are friends. You know me. You know I'm like a 82 year old man going on 28. But oh you yeah, know, you know what? It's it's fine. Yeah. Um, if, if they cut you open, you'll have a linen suit up on under your skin. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but my number one cookout jam is probably probably cool in the games. Get down on it. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because that's that's one where I feel like 
if you are over the age of like 29 and that come on at the function and you don't at least do a little jig, I feel like you're a Russian bot. Or at least you weren't raised around black people. <laughs> I say that. Same difference. Same difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say my number one cookout jam is probably before I let you go. Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. Yeah, that's all. That's a black staple too. That's always a good one. Yeah. Also, yeah, you also can't trust nobody that don't get over that. Come on, even. I yeah. wouldn't even just limit that to black people. I would even say white people. Like if, if that come on and don't nobody move, like you might be dealing with an android. <laughs> you might be. Android is 17 and 18. Beat me too. I was just about to say, you better hope Goku's <laughs> coming to get a plate of ribs or you're going to be in trouble. I'll tell you. <laughs> Dr. Jerome right around the corner. But yeah, that would probably be my number one because I feel like that's the song when that comes on. It doesn't matter what you're doing, even if you don't get up, even if you just jig in your chair. Right. But that's the song that comes on and you can see people. Like I can just imagine somebody, Meemaw, with a plate full of baked beans and potato salad and, mm -hmm. and sausage dancing mm -hmm. she up doing her dance with a plate of food in her hand like that's that kind of song right or or you or um somebody uncle on the grill in his in his vandals and hawaiian hawaiian print shirt just when that come on just just a two-stepping and, and yep. jigging while he flipping the damn uh burgers on the grill and shit so exactly. you know two-stepping and a sweating Oh yeah, listen. Getting his life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So cookout jams done. Next question. What is one of your top goals for 2019? To get a to to get a, a new and or better paying job. Cause listen, let me tell you something. This this shit here, this adulting shit. I don't know who um I don't know who said that this shit was fly. I don't know why they lied to us when we were growing up. I would like to speak to a manager. I would like to speak to Bethany. I would like to file a complaint because this shit here is the ghetto. Um, listen, bills, bills are the enemy. Um, bills are a tool of, of white supremacy. Um, and I feel like we should all just have a come to Jesus moment and accept that as truth. So... Um, <laughs> I but mean, yeah, I, I don't know anybody who would disagree. So <laughs> listen, okay. Um, but yeah, just to find a new job, a better job, and increase my salary. That's really my main goal of 2019. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting it into the universe. Um, you know, um, channeling every deity, whatever deities out there, God, Buddha, Beyonce, just all of them. I'm putting it into the universe to send something uh new and better paying my way so i won't be um as poor um out here in these streets i support that because from what you tell us in the group chat you definitely work in a zane <laughs> novel so <laughs> i support that Oof. um let's see I don't know if I've really officially discussed it on this show. I don't think I have, but in case you missed it, um, Candice of Ratchet Ramblings and Not So Newlywed Podcast, you know, is one of my closest friends. She and I are starting our own podcast network. It's called Flawless Noises Media Network. And this show is going to be or is actually a part of it. I've already really started releasing the show under the moniker um, 
Ratchet Ramblings will also be a part of it. Not so newlywed mama meets world, which is hosted by my good friend Bree that you heard on this show. And now recent addition to the <laughs> crown and collards. So we're going to be launching with those five existing shows. And then once we get set up, we're going to be obviously open to other shows joining the network. We have some different genres that we want to feel. So in order to do that, we really have to be dedicated and we were very ambitious. We have a lot of ideas and there's a lot to do to get it ready. So the network will officially be launching on February 1st, even though behind the scenes, you can still see stuff you can follow on social media. It's at flawless noises spelled the way it sounds. And I say all that to say that one of my top goals is to see this network succeed and to see my vision and Candace's vision and honestly the vision of everybody that is associated with the network come to fruition. Yes. And it's really crazy because it's not something that I anticipated happening. Like I know we've been talking about doing this for a few months, but it's been kind of like in passing it, and I wasn't sure if it would ever happen and now that it's here, it's just like, am I really doing this? Like, I don't know. I just I don't know if I've ever saw myself as the person that is like spearheading something like this. So I really want to continue putting my all into it. I want to make sure everybody that's associated with the network is happy and that their shows are thriving to the best of their ability. I say that because it is hard to build an audience and it takes time, but I want everyone to succeed. I want us to, as a network to be able to come together as a collective and say, yo, we're doing that. Like our little piece of the pie. Are we going to be rivaling uh, loudspeakers network? Probably not. I mean, it would be nice, but probably not. But can we carve out our own little lane and do our thing and be happy with the product, knowing that we are doing it the way we want to do it. Yes. So I have a I think I have a lot of I don't want to say necessarily goals for 2019 because my life has taken such a drastic turn in these past few months. But at the top of my list of priorities definitely is this new network. So anyone hearing my voice right now, I hope that you will continue to support me. You don't really need to do anything as far as this show if you're already subscribed because I had a good host that was able to port my stuff over. So none of those links like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, none of that is changing. However, there will be some upheavals and some fresh beginnings with some of the other shows but i really just hope you guys will support my network as well so if you hear this go on over to twitter instagram or facebook and search for flawless noises it should come up it's at flawless noises on all three follow us on instagram follow us on twitter like the facebook page and share with people you know, word of mouth is really one of still one of the best ways to 
grow podcasts and grow networks like this or really I mean, honestly anything that you're doing that social element because we can't ever take for granted the cold hard fact that a lot of times your biggest supporters are strangers on the internet yes and we do appreciate y'all so hopefully you guys will do that and yeah come on over flawless noises media network get to know our sound yes Amen. Shout out to Candace because she did that. But <laughs> you know what? I was wondering which one of y'all came up with that, and I was like, "That sounds like some shit." Candace was like, "Yeah, that was Candace because she she did the logo and then she sent it to me, and I already it already had it on there. I came up with the name of the network, and she so I was like, I was like, listen, it was meant to be because she and I compliment each other very well. Yes, listen, if I wasn't gay as fuck, I'd be like, you would be like, I could be a husband. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but as it is, <laughs> well, Mike stands for you, so I'm like, he ain't gonna take that too. Soon. Well, I mean, that's fine too, but <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they they are super dope, and I'm very appreciative of both of them because, like I say, they they helped me out in the crunch on my journey up here. You know, they gave me a, a place to lay my head and some something warm in my belly. So shout out to them. But you know, we don't want to linger too long. So to wrap this segment up i'm gonna throw it to you and let you ask the final question all right the final question i have is now nah, that'd be shady shit <laughs> let's just limit it to a celebrity what celebrity right now that is going through whatever whether it be legal trouble or them just being the fuck stupid whatever what celebrity that's in trouble right now in the public eye if you if you had the, the chance and if you gave a fuck because I know you um, mm. if you could if you could get them talk to them and see what the fuck is wrong with them who would it be oh this is difficult because I don't even know who all is in trouble <laughs> um it could even be somebody from any of the shows that we cover on Ratchet Ramblings nah fuck them <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what immediately jumps out to me is the two K's that are currently fucking up, and that's Kevin Hart and Kanye. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know if that's just because they're the only ones I can think of off the top of my head, because I don't know if I really care about what's going on with Kanye. He whatever is going on with him, he still is making decisions. So I don't know if I can give him too much. And Kevin Hart, I just, mm. Mm. I'm not enough of a fan to really go into depth with that. So hmm, who else can I pick? Because the two K's can honestly suck my dick from the back at this point, especially, especially Kevin. Fair. No, you know what? I have an answer. I have an answer. Okay. You know who I would love to just sit down and be like, what the fuck, bro? Who? Sean King. Yo! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Talk about pending lawsuits. Yo! Yeah. Because I haven't Woo! been aware of what's been going on, but I just so happen to, because I, I haven't really been on Twitter the way I used to. 
Um, but I just so happened to be on there today and I saw him. I was like, Sean King getting dragged again. And then I saw a thread. And I was like, good Lord. So I would love to just sit down. First of all, and I want to ask him, what is your ethnicity? <laughs> what, what are you? Give me cold, hard facts. I want paperwork to back it up. Right. I would like receipts. CVS left receipts if you can get them. Yeah. Yeah. And then number two, I just would really love like, what the fuck, bro? Like, what what is it that you're trying to accomplish in life? Because on the one hand, it's like you do good work. You spread the word about stuff. But then on the other hand, it's like you always in some shit. Always in some shit. And your name is attached to too much shit involving money being missing. <laughs> Which honestly is a handful of people. <laughs> Shade vomit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would really love to just like what is what is your purpose? Like what is what is it that you're trying to do? Because from my estimation, it really looks like you're missing the mark. Like your name is always in some some mess. It's and it's always negative. Always. And even when it seems like you're doing positive things, it somehow blows up or somebody is coming and they spilling your tea. And it's just like, bro, <laughs> like, what is it? What is going on? Like, what are you doing? So, yeah, that would be my that would be who it is. OK, I would I, I, I would like to know. And I don't okay. even know too much about Sean King. But what I do know is all negative because he always in some mess. <laughs> right. So. What you do know is always some bullshit. Exactly, exactly. And that exactly. is enough to raise eyebrows. Correct. Correct. Especially knowing you like I know you. Listen, because that that uh thread that I read, I was like, ooh, child. The ghetto. Ooh. And shout out to that. Uh I think it was a black woman because she was like, and I ain't scared of you. You can threaten me all you want to. I know the law. I was like, come on. Okay, come on, litigation. She was like, you ain't going to punk me like you're trying to do other people. Anyway, that would be my answer. So I think that's going to wrap up this segment. Let's hop on over to the main topic. So I'm really glad that you approached me with this stuff. First of all, shout out to you for approaching me with this topic, because it wasn't something that I had really thought about at least not from this angle uh yes um also and uh thank you for uh, accepting the topic and um uh, giving me uh space to um talk about it because i don't really talk about it often uh, for <laughs> obvious reasons on this episode we're going to be talking about unlearning homophobia now because i honestly <laughs> uh apropos that i mentioned him earlier this really is stemming from all of the controversy around Kevin Hart and his repeated missteps in regard to the LGBTQ community. So we're going to talk about how homophobia can sometimes emphasis on sometimes be learned or adopted and then some steps on how an individual can unlearn it. So we're going to start off with learning the homophobia and I'm going to put this out here now just because I'm I don't know the whole story, but I know enough from what you've told me. So I'm going to say this is going to be a trigger warning um, about 
physical assault, sexual assault. So please keep that in mind. You may want to skip ahead if that's something that you are not able to deal with. And I'm going to throw it to you. I guess lay the groundwork and then we can kind of dissect it from there and start talking about how the experiences made you feel and whatnot. So tell me about the experiences to begin with. So I want to say from about sixth grade to what uh, sixth grade and seventh grade of my youth, I was sexually assaulted in a manner similar to what um, Terry Crews experienced, um, which uh, shout out just real quick, shout out to Terry Crews just in general. Um, but it was something similar to what he experienced. Um, and that was constant through sixth and seventh grade. And it finally kind of stopped in eighth grade because I was finally, because of the way that they divided up classes and, um, and different um, homerooms and stuff, I was able to get away from the person. But I was um, assaulted by a, a, a guy who everyone knew was gay, but he was basically like on the down low and tried to put up a front, but pretty much everybody knew he was gay. And um, I never um, told anyone First of all, I never told, well, I, at the, especially at the time, I never told anyone, not even my own family, that that happened to me. And then I definitely didn't tell them it was by um, another, um, another boy. Um, and I only got comfortable sharing it um, as I got older and even recently at that. So it's been uh, something that I carried with myself um, for pretty like pretty much all my life. So that's pretty much the basis of uh, what happened. And it was um, several times um, either, either he would um, catch me in the bathroom or in PE with um, in the locker room and stuff. It was just me and him or uh, sometimes even in classrooms when no one was looking and, uh, just uh, harassment, um, assault, just inappropriate touching and things of that nature. Hmm. Okay. Well, first and foremost, let me say that I'm sorry that that happened to you. Nobody should have to deal with that, especially in middle school. Like It's such a formative time. So it really makes sense how you could have taken that and processed it the way that you did. But we'll get there in a second. But before we move on there, I want you to talk a little bit about how these experiences made you feel at the time and dive a little bit deeper about why you felt like you couldn't talk to anyone about it. Um, at the time, I felt um, humiliated, um, angry, uh, violated, um, and I felt that at the time, first of all, I am from like the sundown town regions of southwest georgia so and i'm 27 i'll be 28 next month so i grew up in a town in a time where it wasn't um that progressive 
Um, and so that being said, like, um, it was a lot of cliche, um, like toxic masculinity where I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because they would think less of me and they would be, you know, like, well, why didn't you fight them off? Or, you know, that's gay. And then, you know, you gay, you know, as a pejorative and, you know, even back then, like, you know, there was, you know, use of the F word by straight guys, you know, straight women. Um, well, you know, at the time, girls for our age and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, and even if my, my family, and it's kind of sad that I know, now I know that my dad was like the type of man, like he, you know, wouldn't, he would have, you know, he wouldn't have taken it that angle. Like he would just be like, somebody did something to my child. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know him, like he, I love the nigga. He get on my goddamn nerves, but I know he'll move heaven and earth for me. And I know that would have been difficult for him to 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 process without wanting to you know immediately do something you know what i'm saying so now i know older that i should have told him and i still haven't told him to this day but now but at the time i just felt like i couldn't even talk to him about it i couldn't talk to my sister i couldn't talk to my aunt um, my friends, you know, at the time, I just felt like I couldn't talk to anybody and I just had to carry this weight of feeling ashamed and violated and hurt and um, just angry for a long time. Okay. So it's interesting that you brought up how you thought or how you assumed your father would react. And I think in situations like, not just situations like this, but in a lot of different situations, a lot of times our anticipation of a person's reaction keeps us in situations that we could be potentially delivered from if we would just speak our truth. Right. And I'm not saying that you did anything wrong. I'm just, I want to highlight that not only for anybody listening to this to get more in the habit of talking about things versus saying, well, I already know how such and such is going to react. Like, don't let that stop you from speaking your truth. Right. But also, I want to encourage everyone to foster environments around them where people feel comfortable so that that's not even a thought. If you're a parent, make, uh, you know, I would hope that you're fostering an environment and a relationship with your children where they don't even have to question how is mom or how is dad going to react. It's a straight up, you're doing XYZ. I'm telling my mom or I'm, I'm telling my daddy and we're going to see what's what from there. Right. So switching gears a little bit, do you think that you already had some inherent homophobia that you maybe weren't aware of? And that might explain why you felt you couldn't go to anyone about the assault. Like I know you said that the environment was a factor. But do you think that there was also something internal or was it all more external? You were more afraid of the reaction 
than saying this is something that I feel X, Y, Z about, and therefore I'm going to internalize it, if that makes sense. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I think for me it was mostly external, but um, you know, I'm not counting out the possibility of it being some internal homophobia that I just didn't know that was there. Um, when I was growing up, and especially around the age that this happened, like I was aware um that, you know, gay people, you know, gay gay boys, gay girls, like you know, I was aware that they existed. I didn't have, you know, necessarily the language, but I ne- I didn't have a problem with them. And they were just like, oh, well, you like, you're a girl and you like girls and you're a, you're a guy and you like guys. And for for the most part, that was all it was for me. Um, now, again, the environment I was, obviously, not everybody felt the way I did. <laughs> like, I, I, for the most part, necessarily didn't care. Um, now, some things, you know, I didn't understand and thought were weird, quote unquote, at the time and stuff. But for the most part, I don't think I had any, any if much, um, internal homophobia. Um, and it was more so external. And what I did have or develop um, was unfortunately caused by this, you know, interaction. Because until then, honestly, even though I was aware, you know, that 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 gay people existed. I didn't have any any if too many interactions with them because um one because um like when I was a kid like I would for the most part usually just play with the kids in my neighborhood after school and stuff. You know, I um and when I did go you know go outside my neighborhood and stuff it was more so to like my relatives that lived in different parts of the t- of the town and stuff so you know i didn't i interacted with a good amount of kids but not a whole bunch um it was kind of like a happy balance and stuff and i never really interacted with too many gay kids and so this being more or less like the first encounter like intimate you know even though it's not well i don't know if intimate is the right word but you know what i'm saying like the like close quarters with a gay person they kind of uh shaped um, the the homophobia and fear that I had because of this uh, unfortunate um, accident. Well, so I know you probably just said that off the top of your head, but I definitely don't want to put that language out there because I, based on what you're describing, this definitely was not an accident. Like an accident doesn't happen over the course of two years yeah this was definitely targeted um but i do think it's important to highlight that because you were young and you may not have had especially growing up in a smaller area even if it was a little backwoods (laughs) (laughs) a little child may not have had all of those kinds of influences that would have had you at in seventh grade in eighth grade already like you know fuck gay people and if you gay then you deserve to do this you know you deserve for me to beat you up and stuff like that so i think it's important to highlight that middle school is still a very very impressionable time and maybe one of the most impressionable in my opinion from middle school on up because things that you learn and habits that you form 
they kind of stick with you for a long time as as we'll highlight further into this conversation some stuff that you experienced you know when you're younger in elementary and whatnot you may not remember that stuff but things that happened to us in middle school and high school that stuff that sticks with the is people in their 40s that still have not dealt with trauma from middle school and high school so i wanted to i'm glad that we're here i just wanted to highlight that real quick so i want you to go a little bit deeper because we kind of skipped over it but we're going to double back to it now explain how these unfortunate dealings and this assault manifested into a specific fear of gay men and ultimately sprouted into full-blown homophobia um so yeah so i was um like i say it did um the trigger a uh, fear of gay men because like i said this the guy he was like everybody knew he was gay but like i said he was more or less one of those you know i'm a beyond the down low type dudes and you're right like it was specifically targeted like there were other guys like he would do this thing where like he would try to like you know like those those people that like try to play fight all the time but they're a little too goddamn aggressive he would do that with a lot of a lot of my peers a lot of the guys um but a lot of them would just like you know like tell them to go on and like get them get them get them off of them or stuff um but those that he felt either wouldn't like fight back or um he just felt like were i guess easy like he would target it because i'm pretty sure as a matter of fact i know i'm not the only guy that he targeted maybe the only one that he assaulted but definitely not the only one that he targeted um and it just that being my first impression um with someone that i that i know was gay like it unfortunately um made me think that well this is what gay gay men do like they prey on you know people who think that they think are easy or they can you know do xyz or whatever to um and obviously now i know that's not true but at the time that's what i thought and it carried for a while and also because it was repeat like he like i said this was over like a two grade period that this happened to me and it was just like well damn like this this is this is what you do. You're gay and this is what you do. This is what gay people do. Just like target people and make them feel uncomfortable and you know, obviously at the time I didn't, you know, know the word assault, but it's like, why are you doing this to me? And uh that was the start and what developed in my fear of um of gay men. Um it and you know, it never it didn't make me it still didn't make me be like, oh, well, you're, you know, gay, you deserve X, Y, Z, and blah, blah, blah. It, was just, it just made me afraid. It just made me afraid, like, this might happen again to me with some other guy that I know is gay. And from there, how did it 
spread further from just that fear to what you self-described as homophobia later in your life? Um, and from there, just um, external factors of, you know, again, my peers being like some of my peers, like being in full blown, like, you know, you're gay and you deserve that. Da, 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 and, um, you know, don't come around me, you know, people using the F word and stuff. And um, just um, in general, I'm, bigotry. I mean, that's the, you know, the, the plain and, and the simple way to put it, just flat out bigotry. And I, it developed into me um, not, it developed into me being like one of those, you know, that's your lifestyle, quote unquote, type of, type of like level of homophobia. Like that's your lifestyle and that's, you know, okay or whatever, but just keep it around for me because I was still afraid. And that that stuck with me until I want to say I want to say high school, maybe like my junior, my sophomore junior year. Um, and it was a, a conversation that I had with like a a person that uh, it was another gay guy that I think he had transferred to our school and stuff and and we were cool but i was still like that that fear like i was still like are you gonna you know we cool and i enjoy you you know you as a friend and stuff but like are you gonna do what the other guy did and um he just um i i didn't tell him what happened but i think maybe he sensed that i was uneasy and he was just like hey you know Hey man, like I ain't gonna do nothing to you. Like we, we, we just came for lunch. Like, like you going to the basketball game later on? Like that, you know, relax. And so right. that got and that got me to thinking. Okay, huh? Well, this guy and like he was openly gay. Like the 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 kid that I was friends with, he was openly gay. So I was thinking, okay. This is because uh, my only experience was terrible with a gay person. So this guy's different. So maybe it was just that one guy and not, you know, and maybe I sh really shouldn't be afraid um, of gay of gay men because maybe, they, you know, it was just a, that one guy. And obviously now, you know, that was the start of me being like, OK, well, my fear is of him. Because he is, you know, terrible. Not of gay people, because that's that's not gay people. That's just one person who wanted to assault me. Right. So one thing that I do want to highlight on that is that I found it interesting that the fear was specifically of gay men because of the assumed identity of this guy versus just a general fear of older guys or, you know, people in, in the higher grade struck me as interesting that it was a specific latch on to his gayness. And I'm sure that's because of what was happening. Yeah. But I just wonder sometimes if, and maybe you're not even maybe you're not even aware of it 
but I just wonder if there was some kind of preconceived notion that was like, because it does, it, it, that's what it kind of sounds like. I mean, I'm not trying to be like a Yandler or nothing right now, but <laughs> it just sounds like a little bit like a, you had maybe a preconceived notion of what gay guys do. And so when this negative thing started happening to you, you were like, okay, this is what gay guys do and not just, this is something that I need to be worried about with older guys because I never know who might do something to me. You know what I mean? Just because of right. that, that uh, hiding in plain sight type of thing, like he gay and everybody know he gay, but nobody really give him shit about it versus, and maybe that was it. If it had been where you didn't already know that, maybe this fear would have manifested differently. Right. I but, see what you're saying. I think that that's important to highlight, like our preconceived notion of things can manifest in interesting ways. So, right. again, I want to cap that with saying that I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's kind of dig ourselves out of the muck, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and let's talk about unlearning the homophobia. So I think you already touched on this a little bit that how you became kind of aware that you were being homophobic, but right. um, so let's talk about the work that you've done. Now, if anybody follows you on Twitter, um, then they probably have seen you talking about doing the work and you know, not people not having to forgive you for your past transgressions, et cetera, et cetera. So in light of that, I want you to kind of go in detail a little bit about the specific steps that you took to start unlearning this unhealthy mindset and perhaps behavior once you realized what it was. Right. Um, once I realized what it was, like I said, that interaction that I had with that kid, that transfer really was like, okay, maybe I'm, um, and, and you're absolutely right. It, um, now that I'm recalling it, it, I ain't even realized it, you know, it was a preconceived notion, um, that I had. So you right. And doubling back to the earlier, um, uh, statement that you had, like it, it was, it was some, um, uh, some, already pre-existing internal homophobia um, that I didn't even know I had. So look look at you, Niggy Van Zandt. <laughs> <laughs> she could never. She, <laughs> she, oof, well, mm. well, we ain't here to talk about her. But, um, um, but yeah, that, that interaction really led me to uh, accept that that was just him and not indicative of anybody that, you know, identifies as gay. And far as like the steps to, I, I'll give you, it, it, it's kind of related, but not, it's kind of not related, but, but it is. When I really started to unpack a lot of shit and like really grow, it was, I want to say maybe 2012-ish. Maybe 2011, 2012, somewhere in that um, category. I was talking to a a woman and it um long story short it didn't work out but the reason it didn't work well one of the things that 
happened where it didn't work out was like um she was tweeting something about an ex and my young and dumb and thinking everything is about me ass took it as a subtweet and got big mad in her inbox and listen let me tell you something that woman cussed me smooth the fuck out <laughs> she was like boy i wouldn't even talk to your motherfucking ass but since you here well i i have words and thoughts and so that was really like a wake-up call for me to be like one everything out about you two you you are not as bright and knowledgeable and shit as you think you are with your little young ass think you know every motherfucking thing and a lot of times you really need to step back and self-reflect and look at the ways in which you can do better which you obviously need to and i've taken that ever since that incident um to this day that, that woman still probably hate my guts and you know what that's fine i deserve but that that was really the catalyst for me take getting out of my my own fucking way for lack of a better term and just really absorbing things and um, doing work to learn and just not rush to have a hot take because I think I know every goddamn thing. And I did that with a lot of different issues with um, with misogyny and sexism, with transphobia, and the topic that we're here today about is homophobia. Like, I really took a step back and like, okay, so this is what my privilege is. Okay, so let me just shut the fuck up and absorb what these people who do not share the same privilege or identity as me, but people that share my privilege oppress these people. So let me hear what the fuck they have to say and how I'm fucking up, even if I don't even know it, and do better and stop this shit. Mm -hmm. So that's more or less how I came to turn, like fully growing, because um, growing up, like I, like I said, there were like dudes, you know, in my peer group and shit, probably still to this day, who were just like F, you know, F word this and that, you know, gay, sh gay shit as a pejorative and all that. And like I said, obviously, you know, unpacking my own trauma, I had some homophobia in me, but it wasn't to that extreme, even though mine was still problematic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, for me, I just was like, I don't know why y'all doing that much. It's like, you could just like kind of leave people alone. And, and, you know, I was doing it more so out of my fear, more so than like these, you know, are people and they deserve the same, you know, space and rights and, you know, X, Y, Z as me. That didn't come until later. So, <clears throat> um, so for me, it was more so just understanding my privilege and seeing how I either consciously or self-consciously contributed, can contribute to this, um, these preconceived notions and this, the status quo of always having a foot on, you know, this particular group of people's neck, even if I don't know it, even if I'm not actively like in office, like writing laws, trying to make sure you you can't use a bathroom or you can't get married and stuff like the subtle things, like the, you know, the, 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 the subtle passive, like homophobia, that was things that I had to do work to unlearn and, 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 and really just like call myself on my shit. Like Jeremy, you are fucking up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you need to get it the fuck together. 
So it sounds kind of like there was like a gradual awakening, but I want to double back to something that you said earlier about how you kind of met a gay guy and you had that fear in you and he was like, ain't nobody worried about you. And then you were like, oh, so I wonder if maybe that was kind of the beginning of this mental renaissance that you had having someone kind of right. quell that fear and be like okay I because you did say it you were like okay now I realize I don't have to be afraid afraid of gay men in general it was just that one right that did these things to me that I need to be cognizant of right and I need to be cognizant of in general and it's not specific to um, yeah. any you know anybody well you know anybody unfortunately can be you know being a an abuser or assault somebody but it's not specific yeah. to someone's identity uh, right, right but right. yeah that, well, that's curious i was just curious about that if that was kind of like a a helping yeah a, I, a, maybe I, like a stepping a step towards um you realizing, okay, I am doing something or I feel the way about people that I should not feel. Right. I definitely think that was a the 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 a stepping stone, like you said, in that direction to um look now that I'm looking back on it, because ooh, child, when I tell you like <laughs> uh I like I say I rarely talk about this um to with anybody and even to unpack it, like only a couple of my friends don't like to this day my father still don't know mm-hmm. and so um and also that's why i'm thankful for you as you know you being my friend and allowing me this space to talk about it and unpack it uh, and uh really allow me to just shit, even be more aware of myself and my own trauma and you know what have you Right, right. So let's wrap this up. You've probably hit on some of the points already, but let's do it in a little bit more of a concise way. So what advice do you have for other cishet men or really probably not just men, could be women, it really could be anybody that has those kind of negative thoughts and feelings and whatnot towards LGBT people or specifically maybe gay men? Like, how can they also get on the path of enlightenment, for lack of a better term? Um, once, in your opinion. Um, in my opinion, um, just seeing people as people, uh, but not in a... Um, <laughs> and we just talked about this on Ratchet Ramblers, but not in a, um, I don't see you as gay. I just see, you know, not in an all lives matter type way. Shout out to Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, um, seeing people as people and seeing people's identity and seeing people's identity is not as an, an attack on you or your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, respecting people's identity and understanding that people 
um, no matter what their identity, have the same right to just life and to live as you. And understanding that you may have a privilege um, over someone's identity and that instead of punching down, you should uplift. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very, I mean, you know, I know that's very cliche, but it's really, in my opinion, that's the truth. Like you, if you're a, a cishet person, um, you should be looking to uplift um, our brothers and sisters in the binary or those that don't identify or our trans brothers and sisters. You should be looking to uplift them because the status quo is already punching them down mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't need to contribute to that. Um, if you're someone that's looking to, even though I like, don't like using this term, if you're looking to be an ally, just know that it's not going to be easy because you are in a privileged um, group. So it ain't always ain't always going to be, you know, oh, let me not put an all, let me not put a qualifier to, you know, highlight the good ones, quote unquote, um, Sometimes you're just going to have to eat that. A lot of times you're going to have to eat that. And honestly, you shouldn't want to position yourself as like, oh, I am the, oh, I'm like for, for men, like I am the male feminist who gets it, you know, give me cookies and stuff, you know, give me pass on the back for doing what I should be doing anyway. You know, if you're a, a cishet person, like look at me, cishet person, ally of the year, you know, you know, I know straight people are trash, but you know, not. Not me. It's like uh, uh, you, you, you probably, you probably have been trash. You probably have been trash. We're conditioned to, to, to we kind of conditioned that way. It's up to you whether you want to unlearn it and do better and make sure you're doing steps to make sure people that are beneath you, in terms of privilege and identity, are safe um, as best you can. They are protected as best you can, and they are uplifted um, because um, nobody is free. It, um, nobody is free if all of us aren't free. Okay. Okay. Um, I just want to add just a bit to that. And I would say um, to make it real clean and crisp and concise, educate yourself on things that you don't know that much about. Obviously, if you are not a gay man or a lesbian woman or a trans person, et cetera, et cetera. You don't know that much about it. So start first by educating yourself. And the other thing I would say what goes hand in hand with that educating or uh, what goes hand in hand with that education is listening. You need to stop and you need to listen to the people around you. Because I feel like all of the things that you said notwithstanding, if you are not willing to educate yourself or be educated and you're not willing to listen, nothing else is going to happen. You're not gonna grow. And unfortunately, a lot of this is also contingent on you being honest with yourself. You need to be honest about how you feel and you need to have that uncomfortable conversation with yourself for starters. Yes. Because if you can't be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I, as a black woman or I, as a black man, I'm uncomfortable around gay people. 
if you can't be honest with yourself, you're not going to be, you're not going to be willing to learn. You're not going to be willing to listen and you're not going to have any growth because you're not going to feel like you need to grow. So maybe that's a good place to start. Like we all need to grow. Okay. We can all learn. Even me, I, I can use myself as an example. I am part of the community. Obviously this is a gay show. It's an LGBTQ show, but there's plenty that I don't know. I don't know a lot of stuff about the trans community and the trans experience. I don't know a lot about the gender non-conforming or the non-binary, but I stop and I listen. I can admit I don't know that much about it. I'm not trans, so I, I can't speak for them and I can't act like I know everything because that's not my identity. And that's a place to start. So because I can admit to myself, I don't know as much as I think I do. That means I'm open to learning, whether it's by educating myself or being educated by other people. So, yeah, I do research on my own. I listen to things on the Internet, uh, podcasts hosted by trans people where they go into detail about their experiences um, on Twitter, whenever they're talking about it, tweeting about it, if there's a thread, all of that kind of stuff I absorb because I realize that I need to learn. And then the last thing is I realize that I need to listen. And so whenever there's something that I'm thinking about, even with this show, if there's something trans related, I'm not going to go into detail about that because I'm not trans. I want to bring a trans person on so that they can talk about it. And it, it may be something that they can identify with. It may be something that they don't identify with. But at least I can say, well, I may have taken the liberty of putting the conversation together, but I was not the one speaking on it. I was letting the trans person speak so that I could learn. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And I would, and I agree. Cause that's for the most part, mostly all I do. I educate myself or I took it upon myself to educate myself, listen and not put the burden, the burden of, of educating myself and growing on the, people that I on on the community that I'm trying to learn about. Yeah. On the, I on think the I, community. Yeah. That right. right. Cause I think that's, that's key. And that's what a lot of people do is they well are like, well, I don't know. So you teach me. And it's like, well, if you, I, in my opinion, I feel like if you really are truly about growing and becoming a better person, you take the initiative of your own. Like that's in all facets of life. Like, what you know, whether it's your job or you know, you in school or whatever you're doing, like if you don't take initiative to better yourself, then no, nobody's gonna do it for you, right? And that's why I say I think that that those uncomfortable conversations and that self awareness is it's it's critical because again, if you're not self aware enough to realize, okay, I may be doing or saying something that's hurting people, I may be part of the problem then you're not going to be willing to learn. You're not going to do those things. You're not going to take those steps. You're not going to listen to that podcast with three trans people because you don't feel like you 
are in the wrong to begin with. That that discernment is very critical. Right. And it's not I don't know how you teach somebody that like that's something that you have to come to on your own. But it's important that you do. And maybe not necessarily always something that you come to on your own, because, listen, in in the age of the Internet, if you are being (laughs) ignorant, (laughs) especially towards marginalized communities, someone is going to let you know. And so even then being you need to be ready to receive that Kevin Hart (laughs) so that you can do better. And not just be trying to not just try to quiet everybody because you're worried about what you can and can't do. Right. And you're worried about opportunities that no one took away from you but you. <laughs> right. But anyway, it's not about uh, Kevin Smurf. So that is going to wrap up this episode of the show. Jeremy, again, I want to thank you for not only coming on to the show you know, we always have fun when we collaborate, but just sharing your story, because number one, I know it's difficult to talk about. But number two, knowing that you haven't shared it with that many people and now you're doing so in such a public f- format is commendable. And I thank you for trusting me to put your I was, was going to say put your business out there. <laughs> But trusting me to facilitate the, this conversation and hopefully that someone gets something out of it. And honestly, I know you probably don't have much or you've dealt with a lot of it, but I hope that you got something out of the conversation, too. Like, you know, I, I think it's important to talk about these things, but I also think that and this is just my personal opinion, it's important that when we talk about these things that it's beneficial to us as well because otherwise you're just reliving trauma for no good reason or with the with the hope that someone else is going to learn something so hopefully you also are taking something away from this and it's not just reliving or digging up past trauma but either way i appreciate you doing so on this show uh and i thank you for having me and this definitely was helpful um it's just sometimes like a catharsis. I hope I said that word right, because um, you know how I am. But <laughs> uh, it's uh, refreshing to um, to share, and um, it did. Um, shit, it made me realize some shit about myself that I didn't even know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and 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 you know that maybe I even have more work to do than I already am doing. So. It was uh, helpful for me as well, and I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you um, having me and giving me the floor, and you know, and I mean, obviously, I trust you because we friends, and you know, I, we have discernment. So you know, <laughs> discernment is important because we can't say that for everybody. Cause who, well, I don't. I try not to speak for other people, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so tell people where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, and all of that good kind of stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Black Dante. That's B L I K E underscore Dante. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Silky Johnston, all one word. 
Um, you can find uh, one of my shows that I do with Curtis, uh, Ratchet Ramblings. You can find us um, at Ratchet Rambling because Twitter was being a hater and wouldn't let us put the S on it. And you can find my other show that I do with my co-host Bianca, um, Crown and Collars, um, at Crown and Collars. And you can find us on Flawless Noises Media Network very, very soon. Coming soon. Ooh, man, I'm tired just thinking about it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we out of here. We done. <laughs> Peace. Well, you guys, that wraps up another episode of Gay Side Stories. Please remember to email any questions or suggestions to gaysidestories at gmail.com. If you like what I am doing here, then please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. And if you really love me, then take a little bit more time to write a review. Thank you again for listening. And also, thank you to everyone who shares this podcast. And if you have not or you are not, then why not? Go ahead and share this show with a friend, with a coworker, with a family member. You never know who you might help out by doing that. And it's not just me. Remember, you guys, you can always find me on Ratchet Ramblings with my good friends and co-hosts, Jeremy and Candace where we are discussing black reality TV shows. And to wrap things right on up, always remember to love yourself. And whether you're a top, bottom, verse, mask, femme, gender nonconforming, whatever it is you identify as, remember to protect your walls or they will what? They will crumble. I'm out of here. I will see you guys when I see you.